from Relay FM. This is virtual episode number 50. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vatici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's It feels like, um, in my mind, there's like the Majora's Mask countdown, you know, <laughs> three yep. days left. <laughs> yep. It's just one week left, hopefully. I, I think it's one week. I don't know. But basically, I got two big deadlines coming up. One is on Monday and for a big project we've been working on for the site. And the other one should be on Wednesday next week when people are saying that Apple will release iOS 9. And I've been, since June, writing, heads down, uh, you know? Yep. Busy, <laughs> always reading. And now, the review's ready, I'm reading, editing, putting together screenshots. Uh, but I'm, I'm exhausted, Mike. <laughs> and uh, and um, I, I'm probably over-caffeinated, you know? Yep. This <laughs> uh, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's not a surprise, but, you know, more than usual. But I'm doing good, Mike. It's good to be busy, after all, you know? Yeah, I mean this this is the problem with with Apple stuff recently is they basically it all comes at the same time of the year. Right? Yeah, and it it's makes it a bit more difficult. So, uh, everything happens at once. Yeah. Like tomorrow there's an Apple event and we're supposed to see new iPhones, new iPads and Apple TV, some Apple Watch updates. It's like you're giving me too much information all at once <laughs> and I'm not sure what to do with it. Uh, but it's it's a, it's been a good it's been a good period, Mike. In general, I feel good. like I'm uh, uh, being you know I've been busy, but uh, I love writing, so it feels good, Michael. Right, enough of this Apple rubbish. Let's talk about video games. Yeah, let's talk about video games, which we're also gonna see tomorrow. I bet. <laughs> still, <laughs> still, Mike. Um, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna confess you confess you one thing that I'm not sure I told you before. Mm. I think I did. I never played Uncharted games. Yeah, well, I think we've spoken about this. I played yeah. maybe two or three. They're two. good. They're they're good action games. Like if you like Tomb Raider, they're good. The multiplayer is fun. Uh, I'm I am looking forward to this. It's Uncharted Four, the release date March 18th, which is still a long yeah. way away. It feels like, but um, that is coming. It's happening. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. That's that's going to be a really great PlayStation game, right? Because that's what yeah. Uncharted is. It's it's Sony's like thing, you know. Yeah, it's the uh, what's what's the name of a uh, the crown jewel of of Sony on the PlayStation? Yeah, I like that, or like a flagship or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, what I wanted to tell you is I'm probably gonna buy the the Nathan Drake collection. You know, yeah, that's all a good the idea. Remastered, yeah, the remastered games. Uh, I saw a link on Eurogamer, um, the company that's handling the, the conversion from the PS3 games to the PS4 is doing more than a remaster, so it's like a careful like update to the textures, the polygons, it's, a, it's not like a straight PS3 to PS4 adaptation, it's like a, a more complete remaster, and, uh, and I like that. Because I can, I, it's like, you know, I can play a more modern version, versions of these old games. And that's what I'm probably going to do. Because if I'm going to buy Uncharted 4 on the PlayStation 4, which I want to, uh, I need to know, you know, something about the Uncharted universe that I only know because of the PS Vita game that I bought many years ago and that I, that I didn't finish also. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the, the Nathan Drake collection on the PS4, I think. Speaking of the PS4, Michael... Have you downloaded the, the beta version of the software update? I haven't, actually. So, version 3, 
it's available as a beta and it there are some nice features one that you mentioned you were surprised uh last week that it wasn't available youtube live streaming so if you use youtube gaming you can live stream for your ps4 with version 3.0 of the software also, uh, there's an increase in storage capacity from one gigabyte to 10 gigabytes for PlayStation Plus members. So if you want to download, you know, uh, offline stuff, there's a, you, you can use 10 gigabytes now. Also stickers, you can send stickers to people over messages on the, the PSN. I'm not sure if anyone actually does any, you know, daily, daily <laughs> heavy messaging on the PlayStation platforms. But you can send stickers if you want to. You can share video to Twitter, which is nice because when I'm playing on my PlayStation, I do like the Twitter integration for screenshots. Now you can also do video clips, which is cool. And you can request a friend to watch gameplay. So if if I'm playing, you can send me a request and you can watch me play. That's kind of cool, I think. The Twitter video stuff is I've wanted because like when I play... Uh... Uh, Rocket League, sometimes you score an incredible goal, right? You do something yeah. amazing and you just want to share the last six seconds and you can't do that. Um, so I, I'm happy that they're going to do that for Twitter stuff, Twitter video. That'd be cool. Yeah. Now, it's onto something completely different. <laughs> do you remember when Nintendo released the new 3DS in two versions? And in Europe, we got the fancy one with the custom faceplates. And instead, our American friends only got the bigger yeah, version. Yeah, and we, and we were so happy, right? Because we finally got something that they didn't. The yes, good one. For, for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now Nintendo is bringing the smaller, customizable new 3DS to North America. And they're doing so with a bundle with the Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer spin-off of the main series. And they're, so they're bundling the console with this game. And... Um, of course, you you will be able to buy customizable faceplates, and also Nintendo is, is gonna sell the. Um, alongside this announcement, they also announced that they're gonna st- sell the standalone NFC reader, uh, which is compatible with the original 3DS and the 2DS model. Uh, still, the big news: Americans can now buy the, the, the small 3DS, customize the faceplates. It's kind of cool. Uh, I'm, I'm, I only bought like two because the process of you know, changing the faceplates is not so easy for me. Um, but I'm happy for our American friends, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I know you will never do it because of your emotional attachment to buying everything otherwise. But I <laughs> I very much like my Yoshi 3DS. I haven't bought any more. i still got my little Yoshi guy, and he's coming with me uh, on my trip. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I... I like to to make sure I have a an abundance of entertainment options, so I charge up the 3ds, and I'll talk I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show actually, because I have some uh, links and and thoughts about some of the stuff that I'm going to take on my trip. Nice. So, Mike, um, yesterday you you sent me a link about Nintendo and Dina news for mobile games. What's up? So, uh, yeah, this came out yesterday. A couple of people were reporting it. There is an article at Digital Trends that kind of pulls it together. Digital Trends is a horrible website, so <laughs> like I went there oh, wow, okay. and like it just keeps giving me pop-ups. It's one of those ones where you copy a piece of text and it puts a bunch of crap on your clipboard. Oh, God, no. Right? No, so, but terrible. this was a link that I saw on Twitter, and this is how I found about, out about the news. So it will be in the show notes, but I'll just tell you it. So... Dina have said that the first Nintendo game will be coming by the end of the year, right? And then they're going to have another four of the total five that they're making initially will be out uh, by April of 2016, 
I believe. Okay. Or maybe it's 2017. I'm not going to have to open that article again to check. So I wrote, yeah, by April 2017. So they've got a long life on these games, right? <laughs> They're making these things mm-hmm. forever. That's really weird, right? Five games in two years? Anyway. Um, so... Basically, this is interesting, right? This is just an interesting tidbit, and it's pushing a lot of people to think down this route that we could see Nintendo on stage with Apple on Wednesday because Apple's clearly pushing to gaming. Let me let me thin- mm-hmm. finish this all right because yes. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about this. Apple's pushing for gaming. Nintendo is going to be on mobile platforms. They're obviously going to go iPhone, maybe even iPhone mm-hmm. first, although I'd expect mm-hmm. they go with both, but you'd they're going to make a choice. They're going to go iPhone. Uh, it seems like it's like a perfect lineup because they're going to have all these games stage over this period of time. It seems like, you know, they're going to have a... It, it, you know, it starts to align. Um, and Dino West CEO, Shin. Taro Asako told Pocket Gamer, we want to make sure out of those five IP that we can end up attracting hundreds of millions of people, right? So, which is an interesting quote, but so there's a lot of people they want. Uh, but So basically what's saying is how great it would be if, Nintendo, you know, if Shigeru Miyamoto came on stage, right, and showed off the Mario game for the Apple TV, the iPhone, and the iPad. It would be perfect, but yeah. I'll tell you why I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So as, as nice as it feels, like, you know, you look at the artwork that they're using on the App Store games account is very Nintendo, right? It's mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like something's happening there, or the Nintendo or the uh, App Store games team is just doing something shamelessly. Um, the reason I don't think it will happen is there are a lot of articles coming out today that Apple believe and are going to position the Apple TV like competition to consoles, right? That's kind Mm -hmm. of the way they're going to go out with this, which probably will be the line that they take, I think, because then they haven't got any TV stuff, right? So they're going to probably push gaming quite heavily on this because it's the type of app that makes sense. Not many other types of apps make sense on the Apple TV. It's like videos and games. Seems Mm -hmm. to me like the way you do it. The reason I don't think that, that Nintendo will be on stage is there is no way... Like I would, I would stake my eat my hat on this, right? There is no way that Nintendo get on stage with Apple if Apple's saying that they're building a games console, because Nintendo are not going to put a game of theirs on a platform which is meant to be competing with their platforms. They are too proud. They believe in their platforms too much. There was no way that they would give their credibility over just for the sake of getting a launch. That's the way that I feel, right? Am I making sense? Like, they're not no. going to undermine the Wii U and the 3DS by Absolutely. saying we need to be on this new games console. Like, all of the all of the mobile stuff is simply going to be a... like a companion, right? That they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're really, I expect, still be pushing people to the larger consoles. Uh, and I just cannot see them staking anything else on that. It's. I totally agree. And the problem is, if Apple was only making an iPhone or a tablet, and Nintendo is not obviously going to make a smartphone, it wouldn't be strange to see Nintendo on stage saying, we're making games for smartphones and tablets, because what basically the, the subtext would be, because we're not making one of them. But if Apple is going to say, we're making a new Apple television, and it's... You know, it, it's 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 a it's a living room console with all your entertainment. So it's movies, TV shows, video games. 
it would be weird to have Nintendo up there saying, yeah, yeah, we're also making games for Apple's console, and yes, by the way, we're also making our own console. You know, it'd be kind of strange, like having, you know, Microsoft up on the stage with Sony for a PlayStation event. It would just feel, you know, odd. And Nintendo is very proud of their roots and, and you know, consoles and products. Yep. So it was already strange to have a Nintendo announcement we're making mobile games. But to have Nintendo and Miyamoto, of all people, on stage... Not now. ...introduced by Tim Cook for an Apple TV console? Do you know be... the only way this happens? <laughs> the only way this happens is if it's Apple buys Nintendo, which they're yeah. not going to do. We've been down this road before. Not this, gonna do... It's not happening. It feels so perfect though, right? Like it all feels like it's lining up and wouldn't it be amazing? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. If they do something along these lines, I would imagine Apple introducing some marketing person from Dina with some developer from Dina with a demo. Apple loves the game demos on stage, saying, we're Dina, we're making a game with Nintendo. It wouldn't be like Shigeru Miyamoto on stage with a big Nintendo logo, you know? Yeah. I still still think, though, if Apple was saying that they're building a competitive games console, Nintendo won't be a part of that presentation. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, if they're going to position it that way, I can imagine them going, no, you're right. Like, we're we're not doing this. But we'll see, we'll see. Does it's fit, tomorrow, feels kind of perfect. Yeah, but you know, it feels just feels so. It just feels so sweet, right? If it was to happen, how amazing it would be! It's, uh, yeah, it's. I like, think this is a uh, one of those nerd fantasies. Yes, two universes colliding. Yeah, and you know, Miyamoto introduced by Tim Cook. We're making games for Apple TV. I mean, if you follow Apple and if you follow Nintendo, it's like I imagine when there's some um, one of those Marvel spin-offs. You know, and crossovers. I don't follow comics, but I imagine that's what Superman versus Batman feels like. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're fine <laughs> in a way, right? This is more more like a Justice League scenario where they're joining mm-hmm. together as opposed to killing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although that might be the way it ends up going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mike. Wow, that <laughs> took a dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> real quickly. Um, speaking of Miyamoto, uh, yeah. so yesterday, this is also strange. Eurogamer published some information from an interview they had with Miyamoto and uh, Tezuka from Nintendo from July, just yesterday. So my interpretation is that because of Iwata's passing in July, Nintendo asked to delay this interview because obviously they didn't want the interview to... I wouldn't say steal the spotlight from... Um. from from the news, but maybe, you know, it wasn't the right time. It maybe. Didn't feel right. My feeling on this was he had limited travel time and they wanted to do um, press for Super Mario Maker. So they just held him to an embargo. Two months? Yeah, and the way that the way that Eurogamer phrased it, you know, Nintendo uh, in July and then Nintendo also confirmed, it feels strange. Well, that to, that to me was... So basically, uh, he, Miyamoto in an interview confirmed that Pikmin 4 is coming. But my feeling on that was he wasn't supposed to say that. And then they got later confirmation from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like, it slipped out. You know, like he was just chatting and he said it and then they later confirmed it with Nintendo. That was that was my interpretation on that. It could be because of, uh, because of Iwata, but it does feel to me like this is press for Super Mario Maker, which is happening now. And maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, Miyamoto can't be flying around the world constantly. I, yeah. I don't know. 
By the way, my, my video game friend, store owner, called me this morning. Mario Maker is waiting for me in Viterbo. And I'm going back to Viterbo tomorrow. <laughs> but I won't have the Wii U with me. <laughs> so mine mine is on its way and it will arrive at home when I'm on holiday. So I'll be playing Mario Maker when I get back. Yeah. You can tell I, me about it on next week's episode. Yes. Yes, I will be back here. What version did you get? Oh, the one with everything. So you got the book and the, yes. the amiibo. You got it, man. Like that thing. So let's talk about this video quickly because the the part that I or the 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 uh, Eurogamer stuff. The thing that I liked the most was the uh, World One One thing mm-hmm. that they did. It was difficult to follow because um, obviously they're speaking in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's subtitles and there's kind of a lot going on, right? You have to try and read and watch the video. I really mm. would have liked it if they would have overdubbed this. I think it would have been better because you're trying to watch what they're doing on the screen and also read what they're saying. And considering they've been sitting on this for four months, they could have done that. That's my feeling <laughs> about this. But watching uh, Tezuka and Miyamoto go through World 1-1 and explaining the paths that they took and the routes that they took on how this stuff worked and how they mm-hmm. decided they were going to make this kind of stuff and some of the, the design decisions they made was incredible right when they were saying about like um oh we were gonna you know like right at the start of world one one you're running along and a goomba arrives and they yep. were like oh we were gonna it was gonna be the cooper the cooper was the only enemy yeah. at that point but they felt it might be too too much of a difficulty jump to jump on it and then knock it away, right? You've got to jump on it and then knock the shell away for like the first thing that you do. Um, so they created the Goomba character for that. Uh, like that that whole area where you first get the mushroom is engineered so that you can only ever hit that block, right? So they made it that you're kind of boxed in so you'll always jump and hit the block. Like it's just... Like I could not believe. Like obviously, game design is incredibly difficult, but seeing that, like that sort of work and that sort of level, is way more than I ever believed that it was. You know, like that is a true art and trying to understand the player. And then they show off a, a Tezuka creates a Super Mario Maker level and talks about like some of the stuff in game design. Like depending on the height of the character starting. Depends on what route they'll take. Also, we've discovered that Tezuka sucks at Mario. <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> Did you watch them when he's trying to go through yes. the course? He just keeps yes. dying. And then he like starts cheating and dropping the character like halfway through the level. Yeah. And, he and sucks. People, and people <laughs> clap their hands when, yeah, I know. when he completes the level. It's like, hooray. Like you jump one part because you jumped, you left yourself right at the end. Yeah, man. He, that was so funny. He, he was not that good at that game. Uh, which which made me feel better because video games are difficult and, and I always wonder, like, are the creators of games uh, really that good? I remember listening to an interview that um, Asher Vo, the creator of Threes, mm-hmm. did with uh, Merlin Mann and John Roderick and he was saying, like, uh, Asher was saying that, like, I can't remember what his score was, but his his top score on Threes was low. Like, he's like, he's not very good at it. Which is kind of beautiful. Yeah. I wonder why. Like I assume it's just just you don't necessarily have to be good at the game to understand how to play it. Right? You can uh, understand how to create it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess there's eventually even if you make the game, there's just gonna be people who spend so much time 
trying to, you know, to get a higher score, even if you make the game, you're not going to be able to compete with those people. Yeah, because there are people that will that can and will put more time in. There's uh, some but, people... Sorry, can I just correct, correct myself? It's Asher Volmer. I was saying his Twitter handle rather than his name. Yeah. Yeah. Correct that. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like... And, and I notice this every time a new game comes out on iOS and the people that I follow on Twitter um, tend to obsess over this game. So it happened with, with uh, many years ago with Tiny Wings, then it happened with Flappy Bird, and it happened again with Freeze, um, Crossy Road, uh, Pac-Man, uh, the new one from the Crossy Road guys. Every time I think I'm getting better at that game, I open Twitter and there's someone with a crazy high score. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you... Do you manage to, to, to get to that point? Yep. It and just seems like people are able to just grab it, right? So like either I'm stupid, either I'm stupid, or either that person is super skilled at that game, or they just have more, more time than I do. And yep. it's, I don't know. So I, I can relate to, to the Zuka. He <laughs> makes he makes Mario and he keeps dying. <laughs> so, so there's a, some, some poetry to, to that, I think. Most definitely. Um, yeah. Mike, uh, yes, before uh, we, we talk to now the, the first topic of this show, do you want to take a quick break? I would love to do that. Let me just take a moment to thank our friends over at Harry's for supporting this week's episode. For many of us, shaving can be not just uncomfortable on faces, right? If you haven't got good blades or you're using disposable blades too often and they get... They get damaged and then they start scratching and they can cause nicks and cuts, razor burn, none of that stuff. You don't want any of that. Shaving can also be uncomfortable on the wallet as well. It gets expensive to replace that stuff, so you're making sure that you have a good shave. Well, this is why Harry's exists. Harry's exists to solve this problem in a couple of different ways. Harry's make their own blades. They're high quality. They're high performing. They're made in Germany. They have their own factory that makes them. They love these blades and they are really great blades. They're as good as anything that I've tried. I mean, I'm not a crazy shaving nut right but i know that from the blades that i've used from companies like gillette i don't feel any difference with harry's but one of the great things is because harry's uh blades are way cheaper than what you'll find of the competition you can change you can afford to change them more often which means you're going to get a better shave and harry's make sure that they keep their costs down because they look after they manage the blades themselves and they will ship everything for free to you right which is great you don't even you don't need to like battle your way through the drugstore um and their starter set is an amazing deal for just 15 dollars, you can get yourself a razor moisturizing shave cream or foaming shave gel and three razor blades and to put this into perspective uh, a shaver who shaves every day and uses harry's will shave We'll save. We'll shave one hundred and fifty dollars off each year. Uh, they they get to make that saving over other brands. You'll be saving a bunch of money. And also with Harry's, they like to guarantee your satisfaction. That is important to them. I love the way that Harry's razors look. They have a really great kind of feel to them, both in the hand and also from a design perspective. All of their packaging's really great. Like one of my favorite ones is on the little box of razor blades that they sent me. There's a little woolly mammoth on there. I just like that kind of stuff. It's it's just nice. It's fun. And, and you know anything you can do to put a smile on my face when I'm shaving is makes me feel better because I don't really enjoy shaving. I like a beard, but I keep myself clean with with Harry's razors to take care of the edges and stuff like that. So if something's going to make me smile, then I'm going to be happy. Harry's also have great products like their foaming shave gel, which I really like. They have a moisturizer and aftershave moisturizer, which is really great too. This is all great stuff. You, uh, trust me, 
you're going to love it. You can experience a clean, close, comfortable shave of Harry's for yourself. Go to harrys.com and they will give you $5 off if you use the coupon code VIRTUAL with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Coupon code VIRTUAL. You'll get $5 off a checkout and you'll be able to start shaving better today. Thank you so much to Harry's for their continued support of this show. So, Mike... Shovel Knight Amiibo. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. I'm very excited for this guy. Um, because... You're getting this Amiibo. I will do because I, okay. you know, I love that little character, and, yeah. and also it's like a indies, come on, kind of yeah. feeling, you know. I get from it. We do need to support, you know, indie developers, indie bloggers, you know, indie mm-hmm. podcasters, every type of indie. Anyway, Nintendo, indies, Nintendo confirmed according to according to Wired. To an article from Wired, uh, Nintendo confirmed that Yacht Club Games, the makers of Shovel Knight, are manufacturing and distributing the Shovel Knight Amiibo. So Nintendo has granted a license to put the Nintendo brand and the Amiibo name on, on the figurine, but Yacht Club Games is handling the entire process of manufacturing and distributing the Amiibo to retailers. So I, I, I cannot understand this, Mike. Do you think this makes sense? And yeah. why do you think this is happening? So this is happening because Nintendo don't have to manage it, right? So the the idea being, if they have a... This is the way I look on this, because I think people are taking this in, in, the, in a wrong way. So you're Nintendo, right? You have good relationships with companies like Yacht Club Games. You don't necessarily see a reason to make a Shovel Knight Amiibo, right? Because it's not going to sell as well as Mario. You could make three different Marios and they're all going to sell better than Shovel Knight, right? That's just a fact because Mario has a wider appeal. Or at least you'd say that on paper, right? So you just think to yourselves, what's the point in us making this one? We could make any number of uh, Amiibo. Why would we pick Shovel Knight? Um, and then Yacht Club Games say we would really love a Shovel Knight Amiibo for our games and it would be really great for us. So then Nintendo go, okay, we'll give you the licensing to, to create the branding, right, to put the Amiibo stuff on there. You'll get guidelines on the packaging. We'll get final sign-off of the design and the supplier. We'll do quality checks and then we'll take 50% of the profit. Like, you know, that's that's a, a dream scenario. Like, I don't know how much mm-hmm. the cuts are worth, but... There's no way that like they just go, yeah, here you go, here's a PSD with the Amiibo logo. Nintendo will be having a final approval on this. But what this does is it takes all of the risk away because Yacht Club Games have to manufacture it. They're taking the, the risk of cost to, to go and get it made and they're having to do with all the production stuff. And then it's just a further, you know, just a little more of a lock-in on Nintendo. They're able to say, okay, you can do this, but there has to be specific functionality to the Amiibo, which you can only get on our platform, which is true, right? Mm-hmm. For Nintendo, this is a no-brainer because there's no risk to them. All the risk sits with Yacht Club. That's yeah. the way I look at this. Like, just from working in big companies, there's no way that Nintendo will allow this to happen without a final sign-off of the design. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about the potential for more of these I think know, it's initiative? brilliant. I, I genuinely think that whilst there are still significant problems with the Amiibo, like the way that they work, uh, this was one of the... This is one of the best ideas Nintendo has had since the Wii. Because yeah, it's, it, a, it's a very lucrative yes, idea. <laughs> you are selling ridiculously cheap pieces of plastic at high prices. It's genius. Because now you add 15 to $20 on top of every game sale price, right? 
True. Every new game now has an amiibo that you buy with it. It's it's, yeah. it's a genius move, and it's whilst everybody else is doing this, right? So you've got like uh, Lego Dimensions, you've got Disney Infinity, other people are doing this, but no first party manufacturer has done this, and Nintendo's yeah. the first one to to really lock onto it, and Nintendo's the only one that could do it because they're the stable characters. It's essentially amiibo as a feature. You know, every yeah. game is going to have an amiibo. And as we've seen, they're even doing uh, the, the tie in with the, the amiibo and the DLC of a game. So that's, there's even that's the way more... to do it, man. You, yeah. you, instead of buying DLC, you buy the amiibo, you get the levels, and you get the figurine. Genius. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a platform move, I think. Uh, if Nintendo's going to do this with more developers, uh, basically, if you're an indie, you have even more reasons to make at least a version of your game for a Nintendo console because you you can factor in the, the Amiibo revenue and the potential for asking people for more money and to give them a figurine in return to unlock more functionality in the game but also to make more money because it's relatively cheap to manufacture and it's, uh, it's exclusive to Nintendo platforms. So I guess if I were an indie developer, I would say, do I want to make a version of my game for the 3DS or the Wii U? And I don't have any big incentives to do so. But with the Amiibo, if it turns out to be a successful addition to, you know, what you can sell on a Nintendo platform, then as an indie, I would consider making a game or a conversion of my game. I would consider it more with the with the with with this Amiibo stuff, you know. So I think it's clever. Um, hopefully, Nintendo has established some kind of uh, quality control, you know, policy. That amiibo cannot be of any lesser quality than what you would buy from a what you would get from a Nintendo Completely. made amiibo. Yep, this, there, there can, there'll be guidelines into next yeah. week with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's. A, I think it's a it's a good move. I'm I interested do. to see how long it takes to become popular and standard because right now the Shovel Knight amiibo is like it, it feels new and strange. I wonder if in a year we'll, we'll check back on this and it'll be totally normal for any game to have its own amiibo. It's like when the game comes out, there's the game and there's the amiibo. It's, it becomes totally, uh, you know, routine on, a, on, a, on the 3DS or the Wii U or whatever's next. So, yeah, it's a good move. I've just pre-ordered my, uh, my Shovel Knight here. <laughs> As we were talking. Yeah. From I've been the meaning Nintendo to do UK. it. It's on Amazon. It doesn't come out okay. until late November. Uh, but I've been meaning to do it, so I just did it. So that guy will be coming to me at some point. Nice. Uh, I will look forward to it. A little shovel knight nice. to sit on my uh, bookcase along with Splatoon and Mario and Yarn Yoshi and soon 8-Bit Mario as well. You we have, have problems. Big problems here. Hey-ho. Right, so uh, I want to talk about traveling quickly. We've mm-hmm. spoken about this kind of stuff before. I'm going on a very long trip, right? Time-wise, it's going to take me many hours. Like looking at about a nine-hour flight, like an eight-nine-hour flight, and then an hour, like a one to two-hour flight, and that's going to happen. You know, I'm going to do it tomorrow, and then I'll be doing it again next week. So when I take these kind of trips, I like to fill every device I have with entertainment, so I have choices. Right, mm-hmm. that's the way that I like to be. So I downloaded some comic books. I threw a bunch of movies on my iPad. I tell you, this is the first time I've had a 64 gigabyte iPad. Makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm always going to yeah. go big now. 
Yeah, totally same. <laughs> so I put a bunch of games on my iPad, which I'll talk about in a minute. But the, uh, I usually take my 3DS and my Vita, but I'm just going to take my 3DS this time. Um, I never have completed Shovel Knight, so maybe I'll play some of that. Um, I still would like to play more of Puzzle and Dragons, the Mario version. So I've got that mm-hmm. on there. Um, so that's there. I've got a couple of games there that's really cool. And then I've been loading my iPad up with some games that I've played um, and some games that have been recommended and some games that are new in the store. So I kind of just wanted to list those off and just... I don't know if I have a ton of to say about them all, but I just wanted to list them off so people will know what I was playing. Are you happy with that? Yeah. So one of the games is Trick Shot, which I have been playing. Trick Shot is awesome. Trick Shot. Have you played Trick Shot? Yeah. No. Oh, What's it's a really, shot? really great game. All you do is bounce balls into boxes, but they're like it's like a quick, very quick puzzle game. Really, really Trish. fun. Uh, it's like it's been number one in the paid uh-huh. list, like this, total. The, for the graphics are something else. It's really strange. I think you've found the not the game that I'm talking about. Did you click the one that's in the document rather than yes. Google it? Yeah, it's nice. It's just very simple, right? You just got the little wood and the balls and you bounce them into the boxes. Yeah, yeah it's very minimal. It reminds yep. me of Wii Fit for some reason. I don't know. You should try this. This is a fun game, right? This mm-hmm. is just one of those little games which is you can just pick it up, play it for a bit. It's a little puzzle game. I like it a lot. Uh, then this is a game. The next one is one that I saw in the App Store. Every now and then when they promote a game in the App Store, I just, just throw the money down and buy it. Um, this is called Calvino Noir, and it is like a film noir adventure game, uh, which, I mean, I looked at the screenshots, and it looks really, really interesting. The only thing about Calvino Noir is it is a hella large game. It's like 700 megabytes, Hmm. uh, but you, that's for Act 1. There was like Act 2 and 3. But I've not. I've, you can buy those via in-app purchases, which I've not done yet. I've not even launched the game, so I don't know if I'm going to like it. But it looks really beautiful, so I figured I would give this one a try as well. This is one of those games. I just saw it on the app store. It was being promoted. I looked at the screenshots. I was like, yeah, that looks that looks like worth like three pounds. So have it, have you started this game? No, I haven't even opened it. Okay. So it's uh, still got the blue dot on your home. Still, screen. still got that blue dot. I hate that blue <laughs> okay. Dot. Next game is Lara Croft Go, which if you are running iOS 9, this is a bit of a disaster. It doesn't launch. Uh, But my trick is, because basically it's a game center bug, Uh, if you just put your iPad into airplane mode and then launch the game and then turn airplane mode off, it's fine. It's just it needs to to get past the launch screen. Um, Once you're past that, you're good to go. Lara Croft Go is is basically developed by the same development team who made Hitman Go. And basically it's like a little... It's difficult to explain. It's like a board game, you know, like you just move Lara um, one space at a time and it's just like a puzzle game because Mm -hmm. you have to kind of uh, work out how to traverse different levels and work out the routes that you need to take and the order that you need to make your steps in and you kind Mm -hmm. of learn as you go. It's a fun little game. Nice. Do you need to know the Tomb Raider storyline at all there's no story in this game that i've come across nice (laughs) nice nice yeah it looks fantastic i think i'm I'm gonna buy this one so first these i'm gonna get trick shot i'm not sure trust me on this one all right okay i will i will should i buy everything that you mentioned today um i should i maybe i mean (laughs) this is is an an elaborate plot to make me spend money I've made it, Mike. <laughs> I, I've I've got my stake in all of this, right? Mm-hmm. So the next two is 
one game basically split into two, and I've Why never played this, and I feel bad. It's Goat Simulator. Right? You know about Goat Simulator, right? It's just oh, like this open world sandbox, kind of do what you want. So I've downloaded Goat Simulator and Goat MMO. Do you remember the video for this? We looked at this a long time yep. ago, where it's a mul- massively multiplayer online simulator. Like, mm-hmm. you're not actually in an MMO. It's a simulator of an MMO. So I downloaded both of those. The reason I downloaded both of them is I intended to buy Goat Simulator and bought Goat MMO instead, and then I was disappointed in myself and then bought the other one. So I have I have both of those now because <laughs> of an accident. The next game, Federico, is called I Am Bread. I'm pleased that you are. <laughs> uh, I Am Bread. I Am Do you Bread. Play as, as bread? So, so you, you're going from being a goat to being a slice piece of, of bread. bread. Yeah. So uh-huh. I've act- this has actually just come out on PlayStation. It was on Steam before. And I watched a Let's Play about it a couple of weeks ago because uh, I was kind of just browsing around YouTube. Basically, you play as a piece of bread and you need to, to get across like environments to become pieces of, like to become part of a sandwich or something. And you have to stay off the floor or stay off germ areas because you have an edibility rating. And the more germs and dirt you pick up, uh, you end up with you, you. The more germs and dirt you pick up, the less your edibility goes down, and that affects your score. Of course. And you effectively that you play the game by like holding down certain areas, like you hold down corners and then flick over, so it you kind of move. It's difficult to explain, but you should watch a video about it. Um, it it's it looks like fun. It looks like a game that I could waste some time with, you know. Mm-hmm. So the graphics uh, are nice. It looks good. I mean, looks good. It's a piece of bread. Yep. <laughs> it's a, it's quite absurd <laughs> as a as a as a game, I think. Uh, but it looks nice. It's one of those beautiful uh, indie games, you know. Yeah. That yeah. is I mean, about I'm intrigued. A really weird. I'm intrigued, thing. Mike. What else do I have? Um, don't starve. Oh, you gotta tell me about this one because I I see people talking about it. Yeah, so this is a game that was originally out on PlayStation. It was one of the first games on PS4, actually. Uh, And I don't know a ton about it. It's one of those games where you kind of are in a scenario like Minecraft, and then you have to work out what you need to do. You, You can, like basically mine certain things right you do like the Mm -hmm. mining kind of stuff you pick up items you combine items you build homes and that kind of stuff and that's my understanding of how the game works don't really know a ton about it but uh tiffany arment really recommended it um and i trust her uh recommendations so i've downloaded it and i'm gonna give it a go uh and if if i if it's a game that catches with me then we should have her on the show to talk about it with us yeah, absolutely. It looks fantastic from yeah. the screenshots. Yeah. So uh, this is one, this is going high on the list of games that I'm going to play. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to trying this one out as well. So Don't Starve Pocket Edition. So it's, you know, it exists on Steam and PlayStation, I think, currently. The next game nice. is a game that I figured I could use to spend some time with, which Papers Please. No, this one I know, yeah. Yep, because I feel like that's a game that if I want to waste an hour, right, I can just load up Papers, Please and let people through the borders or not, you know? It just feels like mm-hmm. a simple game to play with some time, just to kind of spend some time. Yeah. And then another game that I just saw on the App Store yesterday evening when we're kind of messing around, which is Power Ping Pong. I Power like table ping. tennis games. I always have. I don't know why. 
Um, I like table tennis games and I like kind of pool and snooker games, but there's never really a good pool or snooker game on, on iOS. I used to love the pool game on miniclip.com. Do you remember that site? No. Miniclip was like a Flash Games website. It was no, really I, I didn't play those. Yeah. Okay. They, they had a great pool billiards game. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, ping pong games are kind of fun because it, like, it works with the touch dynamic. You move the paddle around with your finger, right, and just hit yeah. the ball back and forward. And it, the graphics look kind of fun, and it looks kind of crazy. Like at one point you're playing against a mad scientist and then a panda. There's like, a panda here. Yeah. Yep, and there's a guy with an afro and a guy who looks like he's from Street Fighter. So it looks like a fun little game. I mean, my my kind of feeling on a lot of this stuff is if it's on the front page of the App Store, it's probably going to be all right. Uh, yeah. That never really seems to send me wrong, to be honest. Like, I yeah. might find games that I don't like, but they're not bad. I just don't like them. So, hey, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to trying a lot of this stuff out, and I thought that I would just share some of those with you. Yeah. So do you think you're going to play all these games on a plane, or when you are no i'll only be playing on the plane i i I don't expect i'll be spending much time playing games uh whilst in portland right because i'll Mm -hmm. I'll have a lot to do at xoxo and well you're gonna you're gonna play the arcade games you know the the xoxo i'm yeah oh yeah yeah i'm gonna be well they they actually have an arcade thing which is different to the arcade thing that they put on so there's one uh there's a great arcade in Portland, which I now can't remember the name of, that I went to my first year. And mm-hmm. what they do is that arcade basically opens up everything, you can play everything for free. It's called Ground Control. It's an amazing arcade. Uh, and I went there the first time. So I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I might do. But uh, the arcade section that XOXO is putting on, you know, I'm going to, basically, I'm making a beeline for, for Firewatch. That's, that's, that's the thing, right? Firewatch. I, I, I want to see it and so, I want to play it. Yes, I'm so jealous, Mike. So uh, I'm very excited. Games, the list of games you prepare for for the trip looks good to me. Yeah, so. I think I've got a good little selection there. Good I think selection. Keep, yeah. me, keep me uh, keep me going. I've got a bunch of movies too uh, yeah. to watch on the plane yeah. if I want. I would to. only I would only suggest uh, uh, an RPG like Final Fantasy at this point, Mike. <laughs> That's what you need to play more. You need yeah. to get your hands on on a deep, uh, uh, time wasting, good old fashioned RPG. Maybe <laughs> we, we can do can that for my trip it. in October because I'm going out to Indianapolis in October for the release notes conference. So uh, maybe we can maybe we can do that. That's the one that I'm speaking at. Yeah. So maybe we can sort out uh, a. Uh, we can play Final Fantasy Seven on the iPad. Maybe we can I will. Talk about it. Well, you can you can try and convince me between now and October okay. to do that. I, uh, how many weeks I have? I like, like four weeks. Yeah, I I'm not convinced that. about it right now. So I can do that. I think I can do that. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. All right. So I think that about wraps up this week. We'll be back yeah. next week at our normal time. Um, I'll be extremely jet lagged, but we'll be back. Federico can tell me all about Super Mario Maker, and I can tell you about the games that I ended up playing, and also tell you about my opinions with the games that I played at XOXO. Fantastic. If you want to find the show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 50. If you want to find Federico online, he is at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, and thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this week's episode. And you can uh, tune in to us next week. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.